It could not yeah, be. Yeah, we more took open. it off the hinge. You took the hinge off. Took it off the hinge it, and yes, threw it yeah. in a dumpster. Yeah. That's exactly right. Uh-huh. That's how open you need that damn door to be. I hate that damn door. And welcome back to another episode of the Refactored Podcast, where it's our goal to suck a little less every day. My name is Chris Tonkinson. And my name is Frank Cole. And this is episode number 49, recorded December 7th, 2021. So I forgot to tell you last week, I wound up ordering the increment. The increment. I don't know whether they're planning the, the magazine from the, the Stripe folks. Oh, the Stripe. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I don't know whether they're planning on publishing more, but they're offering, they offered a box set. I ordered the whole thing. <laughs> Just something to it throw It was a pre-order. Your- Something to throw on yeah, your it's, wall. It's it's a pre order and it's not due. I think ship sometime in Q one. Uh, but I oh, cool. I just yoloed. Nice. Yeah. So, so you're I'll, gonna I'll get let, the when new it ones. comes in, I'll have an update. You're gonna get the new ones, not the not, you, you didn't get the back catalog. You got the, the the upcoming like new upcoming editions, or is it the no, back it's catalog? It's the box set. It's one through nineteen. Oh, cool. Yeah. Are they still yeah, producing the whole new content? Enchilada. Like, are they still producing? New stuff? No, or? that's why I'm saying I that that's why I said I don't know if they're actually going to be printing anymore because oh. I, I don't know. It says the increment collector's edition get all 19 issues in a limited run box set. Hmm. Uh, there's no indication that they're stopped publishing, but there's no indication that there will be more. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the hmm. box set is just is just to. Uh, hoodwink suckers like me and well i'm looking so i'm looking at the increment collector's edition now and it does include two sticker packs for a grand total of 12 sticker packs plus plus if you order now an enamel logo pin and a poster bound into issue 19 planning (laughs) and it'll it'll you can cut through a soda can and then not bruise a tomato also makes julianne fries (laughs) I think I think four percent of our listeners will get that one. <laughs> That's the only four percent that counts. <laughs> the rest user schmucks. Yeah. That's no. really so cool. I'm looking forward to that. Two hundred and sixty five bucks. It's about it's about what yeah, I would expect you, for something like that. Yeah, you pay for the privilege. But they're so I, I started looking, I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna grab one at one issue and see what it's like. Mm-hmm. And then I couldn't pick. I'm like, all right, well, maybe I'll get two. And then it didn't take long before I yoloed on the on the box set. On the box set, so I'll let you know nice. when it when it comes in. Um, it looks really, it looks yeah. really nice, actually. It really does. That's, that's yeah, yeah. I would, I if I had a place to put books on a wall in here, and that 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 might go well. Hell, I mean, maybe I'll get it and I'll just frame one of them. Pretty cool you stuff. Digital natives. Uh, <laughs> Dead tree is 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 good stuff. So that's cool. Well, I'm glad. I I hope uh, based on the content if and when you actually read them, uh, that I didn't steer you wrong. And that- uh, Are you insinuating that I books to collect and look at on my gorgeous shelf and not ooh, actually no, read? No. Because I only have like 20 or 30 books over there that I haven't gotten to yet. <laughs> you're, just, you're just building that back catalog for when you have that free time that'll happen at some indeterminate moment in the future. Yeah, building yeah. the back catalogs so that my kids get more of a workout when I die and they chuck it all in a dumpster. Mm. 
<laughs> when I make when I make my internet millions, then I'll have time to read more. There you go. Yeah, you'll be sitting on your butt and you can just wax poetic and everyone will listen to you because you'll be wealthy and everyone wants to be wealthy like you. Never mind how you got there. Never mind the luck. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Uh, so uh, so I apologize for uh, being behind on. You should uh, apologize. I no, should. Hang yeah. on. You I should did, apologize. Yeah, I know. I now, know I gave you so much crap now, about it last week or the week before. I'm just curious, though. What exactly are you apologizing about today? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. So I, I uh, after giving you so much crap about uh, being late, getting the episode up, I uh, I was a I was a week late in actually processing that very episode that I gave you crap about being late on. So very very meta, <laughs> which is just delicious. Very irony. meta circle of life sort of uh, karma there. We'll just call and, it you being a jerk. But, yeah, there's right. that too. And so you I dress uh, it up if you want. I uh, ended up, I was uh, traveling last week for the first time in almost two years. I went for a business mm-hmm. trip, which was excellent. Uh, the airplane and the airports were not nearly as awful as I was expecting. They have the rules about no. the masks, but you can, you know, everything was open. The planes were relatively full. It was it was pretty much normal. And, yeah. you know, it, these mask mandates, I, I, I'm, I am... I am dubious of them at best, uh, you know, because I mean, I can't tell you how many security guards I passed, security guards, actual police officers who had the things half on, half off, you know, sitting at the desks behind the the, the walls and, you know, um, and if you, you, you have to wear the thing, but if, but if you're eating or drinking, you can take it off. So imagine my surprise when I saw Every countertop space in all the restaurants were just full of people with seemingly no food ordered in front of them at all with their masks off. I think I think wherever you stand on it, I think reasonable people can agree that if you're going to have a rule, it should be enforced. Like, you know, but that's just, I think think that this is all, I think this is all, a lot of this is, is theater. I mean, you, if you take it outside of places like hospitals and places where you actually have real people at real, no, 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 I'm not talking, I'm, what I'm saying is if there's going to be a rule enforce it, like I, I think about this, I think about this day to day, I'm going to make a rule that says, okay, uh, you, you know, we have to track time against the JIRA tickets or, uh, we've got to add the ticket ID into the commit message in Git or whatever the, you know, whatever the procedural thing is. I'm not like, I'm very aware that when I say, okay, like when I, because as a, as a, as a manager, when I say, okay, this is now the rule, the way I look at it is not, I'm giving you something to do. The way I look at it is, okay, great. I'm giving myself the responsibility now to forever make sure this gets done the right. Um, right. Cause I just don't see like, don't uh, don't make a rule that's not enforced that the two go hand in hand and i you know right the value I, of anything in between is is just worthless yeah and i think i think i think we have collectively sort of adjusted the the value in this thing you know you go back to you know the early days in 2020 when this first got started everybody was pretty serious about it and for good reason you know we've had a vaccine since then uh, you know, and we have seen the outcomes. Everyone has been able to do their own risk assessment. And I, I feel like 
you know, things have sort of adjusted, but the rules, of course, <clears throat> excuse me, the rules, of course, on these things never keep up. And so you've got these rules in place, which are, I guess, well-intentioned, but we all know where that road leads to. And so you, you have, yeah, you I flew, have, I flew twice so far. Uh, I've traveled twice since, since yeah. everything. And to be clear, it wasn't summer. bad. It was just annoying. That's all. It was just annoying. Over the summer. And aside from, you know, the, I mean, the airport was fine. Little, little light on foot traffic, but like I didn't have any yeah. issues. Um, you know, it was, it was fairly, the only thing. So I've traveled twice and my wife has traveled once for, for a conference and all three of those trips, one or both flights were delayed or oh, rescheduled or canceled or so that's one thing that's still like you're at the airport the stands are open you can get on the plane all right you're wearing a mask it's no big deal um but otherwise it it just it's you know travel as usual except for the fact that all of the schedules are foobard um because i think they had to close they had to stop so many routes and and adjust you know all of their uh you know expected traffic load and everything it's just flights are still being canceled and delayed and rescheduled and combined and split. Well, I didn't have any of that. I only fl- yeah, well, I flew that's, that's last good. week. That's and, good. Yeah, so very recent. And it was, I did not hear any, to my recollection, I didn't hear any announcements about flights being canceled. And, that's great. Um, yeah, that's great. mine were good. So it was, it was pr- like I said, yeah. it was really normal except for, the, I went except and, for the mask thing, which I mean, I could deal I with. And, I just think it's kind of silly. That's the point I was trying to make. I went, I went in June and September and she went in October and, and like I said, we all got hit with weird, weird flight stuff, but Mm. it is, it is good. You know, we, we talk about this all the time uh, being remote for what a decade now, Mm -hmm. Um, more than that. I see. And, and some people remote is not for, for some, I, I won't even say some for a lot of people remote is a bug, not a feature. There are certain people that just, they, mm-hmm. you know, they want to be in office. They want, and it, it is different. It, I like it is, it is a different work experience when you're in an office, good or bad. Um, I tend to think there's more feature than bug to it, per, you know, for me and my style. But um, even if you, even if that's the way that you lean, on-sites are just crucial. I don't know if we've, if we've talked about this, but on-sites are just crucial for, for team dynamic, right? Like, you think about your just standard weekly kind of conference call type thing. Those things have such a different tone and tenor the week after an onsite. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? It's, it's, you really do, you really do need to focus on that stuff from time to time. Well, thanks for stealing my thunder. Cause that's where I was going. This whole, the airport and the masks thing was just a total, that was just, that was just sidebar. So let's get that out of the way. The, uh, so I, yeah, that's exactly, I was on site last week. We did, um, we did some training with, uh, across, uh, leadership. It was basically anyone who had direct reports. Uh, they're making an effort to have everyone in the organization take the training. Um, I, I think like most people, you go into those things kind of wait and see, because sometimes they can be really good and sometimes they can be really bad. Um, in this case, fortunately, it was actually pretty good. So I uh, got some good stuff out of it. But more to the point, it was an excuse to get everyone together in a room, which had never been yeah. done for the vast majority of these folks since they had joined the company. And uh, so I met people that I have only dealt with on Zoom for mm-hmm. months. Uh, and that's really nice. And being able to spend time and, you know, go to a meal and, you know, the whole notion of breaking bread. I mean, there's there's real value behind yeah. that. And it felt really yeah. good to be in a room with with people again 
and and talking uh, talking shop. We may so, be two dimensional video busts, but we are actually also actually like meat meaty humans too. Yeah, yeah. That that didn't go away, right? And uh, it's just easier to have. It's just easier to have conversations in in person. You don't feel the pressure of okay, got to get off this Zoom to go to this other Zoom. You know, you can kind of do the hangout thing a little bit easier. Do you feel okay? So you're in an office, and no, I don't want to like railroad like, you again. Like here, where I am like here, you're in the office. <clears throat> yeah, you're you're in the office. No, in in a in a you know co located oh, okay. meet space type Got office. It. Yeah, and you just wind up having conversations with people. It just happens organically. Right. When you're remote, that doesn't happen. And so, like, we talked a few weeks ago about, like, donut and stuff. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But do you, like, I will intentionally reach out to people from time to time. And some people are confused. Like, when I when when you start to do this kind of stuff, I'll just say, hi, good morning, how are you? And they say, oh, great, thanks. What's up? Just saying hi, right? Because <laughs> I don't want, you know, part of it, I just, I you, you try to foster some kind of relationship. You don't want your name popping up in chat always to be associated with some unreasonable demand that you have of somebody's time. Do you ever feel like if you're just having a just off-topic conversation with somebody, do you ever get the, like, guilt? Like, man, I'm, like, intentionally taking your focus off of productivity. Does that ever creep into you, or are you, like, it all past that? It can. One of the ways that I try to offset that is I try and make sure that those conversations are happening in a venue where that sort of tangential conversation is expected. So we've got Slack channels for like an off topic channel. And we have it. We have a we have a tech chat channel where you just sort of, you know, do bike shedding, nerdular nerdance. And um, I would I would love to have a big enough group where where dedicated channels could actually be a sustainable that would be awesome i think i think you're i think the minimum team size for that is about three i mean really (laughs) seriously you don't i wouldn't go ham i wouldn't create a crap ton of channels but the things that your smaller group gets into with some frequency like if you get a bunch of gamers to you get three gamers together you know chances are it's going to derail into into gaming pretty quickly okay so Put all the game stuff that off, off to the side. Yeah. Just split it off. And just, yeah. you you do, you know, handle it the same way you handle, you know, features and performance in your in your applications. Wait for the problem to present itself and then solve it. And so. And then go go do something. And then go it. do yeah. something yeah. about it. And so, I, I, you know, you could probably, how big is your team right now? Like, how big is this group, this cadre that you would, you would count? Uh, not above 20. Not about, okay. Twenty is pretty significant. I mean, that's that's not an insignificant number. Um, look at the conversations that you have. Look at how it gets derailed, or just keep an eye out for the next opportunity it derails. Hey, let's start a channel for that over here, just so we can capture all of that stuff off well, to the there's, side. There's none of it. There's none of that right now. Well, like why our, not? Our general general chat is is crickets. We have we have team specific chats, like on topic team specific chats. Right. Those get used for all the normal stuff. Right. I don't see any off topic chat. Now one to one, I know people people are chatting. Um and when we have when we have calls, uh, mm-hmm. we and we have like a you know, a, a, a staff call every week and, and there's shenanigans built into that on purpose, um, then the conversation goes in a in a bunch of different directions. But typically chat is not used for that, which, you know, Why not? makes me think either I don't know. I don't it's know. It's weird. Maybe it's just because we use Teams and everybody hates it because Microsoft sucks. I don't know. I mean that's 
definitely. I mean, the utility because it is really like legitimately. I have always you and I fought about this for years. Mm-hmm. I think Slack is just point like just use IRC. We've had it for thirty <laughs> years. It's not a new thing. I don't know what you're looking to get out of this experience that isn't already solved for. But all of that aside, Slack is so much better than Teams. Teams Teams is like somebody. Oh my god! It's like somebody saw Ferrari, and then. And then somebody said, wow, the Ferrari, that's a nice car. I'm not going to just go buy one of those. I'm going to build my own. And they came out the other end of that years-long process with a Datsun. And then their idiot cousin copied it and threw a paint job on a shopping cart. In this analogy, Teams is the shopping cart of this. <laughs> of, <laughs> and and the one wheel wobbles, you know, because every shopping cart has the wobbly wheel. That's Teams. It takes up so much RAM. And so much CPU mm. just to switch a tab. I can't, I, I, it makes me hate everything Electron because the performance is just uh, so uh, Electron is not inherently bad. You just, it's like any other, it's just, it's just like the conversation we had about PHP. It's not inherently bad. It's how people use it that can be bad. And I think right, that, but when, but to the point when everybody uses it poorly, like you just start to get a taste aversion. That's all I'm saying. Well, anyway, I mean, back on topic. Team sucks. Microsoft sucks. sucks. Yeah, yeah. Back. Oh, yeah, right. That's a topic because <laughs> that is the topic. recurring. <laughs> just rename the show. Um, yeah, teams. So UI UX is definitely going to have an impact on the team's yeah. use of the platform. But you got what you got, and. I think that yeah. if you're if I mean if it's your team and you're running the show, you can spur that kind the kind of behavior you want by creating a channel yourself and then inviting and then coming up with some topics and and trying to gin up interest and just sort of get the momentum going on it. Yeah. And then yeah. It 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 should you know, it 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 should be uh, build it and they will come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if the conversations are already happening, they're probably just looking for the go ahead for that to be okay, because that could be it. So, I that mean, some places, yeah. no matter how well, no matter how well you think you communicate, you, you're never as clear as you think you are ever. Even when you think you're being super clear, you're not clear. And so, if you always assume yeah. that you're doing a poor job communicating, then you're always going to be working to improve that. And so, I think that's the right posture to have. So take whatever topic your team really likes to, you know, fall on a tangent about, create a channel for it, start a topic about it, and then let them see you actually sort of, you know, lead the charge in in some water cooler chat. You know, the team mm-hmm. has to see the leadership do it before they'll be willing to do it in a public setting. If they do it in a private one-on-one, they know you can't see it. And so, they, you know... Chris may or may not care, yeah. but he's not going to see it. So I'm definitely not going to get in trouble. That's the thought process right, that they're right. going through, which is totally yeah. normal and natural. You've got to make sure that you, you, you got to open that door really, really wide. It's just like feedback. Open the door super duper wide, way wider than it needs to be. Just so there is no question as to, is that door open or closed? No, it is 100% yeah. open. It could not yeah, be. Yeah, we more took open. it off the hinge. You took the hinge off. Took it off the hinge and yes, threw it yes. in a dumpster. Yeah. That's exactly right. Uh-huh. That's how open you need that damn door to be. I hate that damn door uh-huh. for the record. Oh. That's a that's a that's a that's a that's a point well made, I think. That's a mm-hmm. point well made. Um mm-hmm. but yes, Teams does suck. Uh you should get slack. Uh, as far as IRC, uh, stop yelling at me to get off your lawn, old man, because I'm not on your freaking lawn. 
Okay. Hey, we don't we don't work together anymore. I don't care. I don't care what you do. <laughs> well, fine, come over there and stomp on your lawn. But if you're going to, I mean, if you're going to go, if you're going to go with this like third wave, uh, maybe fourth wave, depending on how you think about it, uh, chat, obviously it's Slack. Like, yeah, uh, I mean, we'll see. Salesforce bought them. Salesforce does not exactly have an excellent track record when it comes to UI UX. So they're pivoting. They're pivoting. They're pivoting. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) We'll see. Um, I mean, they, they do everything under the sun. And I think that's part of the problem, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's see here. Uh, oh, right. I was, so I was on site last week. Uh, manager training was a lot of fun. Um, there were two things that came out of them, two out, out of it that I thought were were worth uh, talking about. One was, we've already sort of touched on it, you know, the clarity of communication, but specifically around setting expectations for your team. If you think you're doing a good job setting expectations, chances are you probably aren't. And as an exercise, we um, individually wrote out uh, what, you know, what our expectations are of our employees. And it was just, okay, you know, here's the, you know, the, the lead in. Grab the notes here. So I'm, you know, because it, you know, broken into a couple different dimensions to sort of get the brain juices going. So do this to be successful with me. You know, what are the things that you have to do to be successful with me? What behaviors, you know, should your employees avoid? So definitely cash prizes, expensive liquors. Right, right. Lavish trips. Yeah, right. So, um, so for me and, and my team, one of the things that immediately jumped to mind because we're consulting is you have to focus on the interpersonal elements. You can't just be a gearhead. You can't just be, you know, heads down techie. You've got to focus on your interpersonal communications. You've got to do that. You know, um, behaviors that you want to see or don't want to see, um, basic administrative expectations about timesheets and, you know, when to show, you know, for us, it's, uh, you know, we do timesheets because it's consulting client work and it's billable. So we have to do it. Uh, I have made it clear that I don't want to do it, but there is no other that is the best solution that humanity has come up with so far for this problem. And so that's what we go with. Uh, but you got to have sorry the commentary too, right? It's just so, in and of itself. <laughs> so, you know, you got to have the timesheets in every week. Uh, if at all possible, we want the cameras on because we want to be able to see your face. We want the clients to be able to see your face. It builds trust similar to, you know, the in-person thing. You know, so it's, it's stuff like that. And, and it just sort of gets, you know, to, to get started. Um, and then once we completed that exercise, you know, okay, look back at that list. What, what on that is, is what you have detailed enough for the other person to get started? Or would you need to fill in additional information to any one of those topics for them to actually go off and do their job for you? And which of these things are personal preference? Are there any things in there that are personal preference versus things that are non-negotiable? You know, you must do this or I really prefer it this way. Those are two different things and should be expressed appropriately. And so it became this really stretched out exercise. I gave, I, you know, I just ran through the basics, but really the fundamental is if you haven't actually sat down and written out what your expectations are for every member of your team, and it could be one set of expectations for the entire team. Uh, it just depends on the role and responsibilities. Um, it's definitely worth doing and writing it down 
and then turning around and sharing it with the team and soliciting them for feedback. So we're actually going through that exercise right now. Um, we just solicited the team for uh, their feedback on what they think their expectations are right now. So we wanted to sort of get a level set of, okay, how bad a job? Uh, the old, the old, I asked you first routine. So, well, actually it's <laughs> for, for me, it was, okay, just how bad a job are we doing at this at the moment? That's, that's really the question I'm trying to ascertain. Right. I, I've yeah. already set the bar pretty low. I've already marked me off in the fail category. Now let's see how bad it is. And then adjust. As have the rest of us. Right. And so the next move, in addition to that, I'm also asking for feedback on what they think it should be based on their experience. And so get you know, bringing the team and their input into it. And then we'll build this list and I'll work with my managers and we'll come up with the list and then we'll share it back to the rest of the team. But it's going to be this sort of collaborative effort so that everyone's on the same page and everyone actually had the opportunity to contribute to it. Now, ultimately, it's the, you know, at the end of the day, the, the work has to get done is the boss's call on what the work has to be, but you know, there's nothing wrong with soliciting for that, for that input. So, um, so we're going through that right now and that should be, that should be fun. Um, so you can do it for the roles, but you, you should also, you can also do it for your, um, you as a manager. So if a lot of this stuff, especially if you're middle management, a lot of the responsibilities for you and your team, they're pretty much set top down based on what department you're in and what kind of work you're going to do. Like some of this is already baked in, but you as a manager, you've got your own personal style, you know, ways that you would like things to be done, things that you would like them to, you know, to do or not do. Um, and so you can do the same kind of exercise inside of a narrower scope. Many managers and, and even executives, I think they have much, uh, they have more degrees of freedom than they realize, than they exercise. In oh, I think that's true. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Like HR is not going to, you know, you're not going to have a conversation with HR at 445 on Friday because you decided to do something a little differently with your team. That's, I would argue, expected, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Like you've been, yeah. you know, you've, you've been entrusted as a steward of, of this, uh, of this team of this business. And so, yeah, you, that's been done because we think you are onto something. So go do it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like that's, I think a lot of people, they, they, they're artificially, they feel artificially restrained or, or they're afraid that they're not allowed to do things. It's like, no, go ahead. Yeah. The two things that I see a lot of managers, especially new ones, um, muck up is they forget that they can say no, because yeah. most times as a, line level worker, you know, you do the job that's assigned to you and that's pretty much it. There's, you can't never say no, but generally like, this is the job. This is what I expect you to do. If you can't do that job, I need to find somebody who can do that job. It's, it, there's, there's the less closest you get there. is the closest you get is, well, if I'm doing that, I'm not doing this other thing. So I just want to make sure you're okay with that trade-off because there's only one of me and so many hours in a day. Mm -hmm. That's the closest you really get. I would largely agree with that. Sentiment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as a, you know, as a developer, you can pick which tickets you're going to work on. You can say that, you know, I'm stronger in this area. And so I'd rather do this ticket. Whereas this, you know, I, I'll do the programming ticket, but there's a, there's some, some data analysis or, or SQL structuring and, I, and I'm weak at SQL. So I'd rather have Bob over here yeah. who knows the SQL. He should take the SQL. You, know, you can do that kind of stuff, but that's about it. You know, it's, there's less 
there's less wiggle room. As you move up, you get progressively, you have progressively more and more responsibility and you have more and more room to maneuver. And you really do get the ability to say no. And yeah. one of my managers has just thought of it. This just happened recently. He traveled for, um, he actually traveled for training. He's doing the training this week that I went to last week. Mm -hmm. He's doing it this week and he's on so site. So you both suck at your jobs. Okay. Correct. Right. Along with the entire company, because literally everybody from the head of HR was it was at my training. So, you know, what does that tell you? Oh. What does that tell you, right? You need a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to everybody's taking it. Uh, he's on site for it this week. And he's dealing with, um, he's got a new hire on his team. And he got a uh, build for uh, doing an interview with me at the same time uh, on yesterday when he's dealing with all this stuff. Now, me personally, when I travel, I hate my, I hate my regular routine. I, I try and eschew it completely because it's impossible to keep to, you know, I end up in personal impromptu conversations and it happens so rarely that I try and just throw the calendar out the window so that I can just do whatever yeah. is happening. Um, and I would obviously grant my team the same freedom if they want to do the same. And he had accepted the interview. And then, you know, he had said, okay, I'm going to be right. I might be a few minutes late because I'm dealing with this. And I said to him, his name is Mike. I said, Mike, you, you know, you can say no to me. It's okay. Like if, if, you, if, if you don't have the bandwidth right now, that's okay. We can handle this elsewhere. You, you have that freedom. You can and should use that. And it turned out it wasn't a big deal and he was fine, but it was, I thought it was a good reminder to him and, and generally, you know, you, you have the, you have the ability to, to, um, to say no. So anyway, I said that there were two things that, uh, a lot of managers grow, um, uh, especially new managers, um, forgetting that they can say no. And then the other one is delegation. Um, as soon as you are in some level of responsibility, there is no longer the expectation that every single job is going to have your fingerprints all over it. You have to start delegating out tasks. So for, you know, in our field, this starts at a team lead, a technical team lead level where you are sort of orchestrating the work that needs to be done, but you are not directly handling every single ticket that goes through your fingers. You'll help set up the work. You'll yeah. help divvy it out. But there are huge portions of the project that you will not be directly responsible for. Those are the responsibilities of your team. And you need to actually give them that responsibility. If you hand it to them, but you're still directly involved, that's called micromanaging. And you don't want to do that. Um, yeah. But a lot of people trouble. That's not the mistake I'm talking about, though. Uh, is you know micromanaging is, is is a separate thing. What I'm actually talking about is not delegating it at all, assuming that all of this crap that's now on your plate is purely on your plate and forgetting that you can hand pieces of it to the rest of your team. Um, if you get so bogged down that you're, you know, because you're doing too much, yeah, it's because the, the job one itself of the, is by definition too big for one person. You're supposed to hand it off. One of the first things, one of the first things I tell somebody when they're promoted into a management position is look, you're a manager now. You have direct reports. I I expect you to handle that team. We're we're, we're in this together. But from now on, I you know I will continue to have to ask you to do things because that's you know we're we're working here. It's called work, not vacation. From now on, when I ask you to do something, unless otherwise noted, 
I don't care if you do it or you delegate it to one of your folks. I just, I need you to make sure it gets done. Like right. that's a big distinction I make right out the gate just to help clarify. If I need you personally to do it, I'll make sure that's that's made clear. Otherwise, what I'm saying is please make sure this happens. I don't care who does it. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. And I think a lot, that's, that's another thing. It'd be, because you move moving from and I just want to be super clear about that yeah. because like no, you're it's saying important. it's really it's important like it's this temptation oh hey Chris can you get this done Chris can you do this Chris can you do that Gosh, I have to do all of this no, no I am now responsible for making sure it happens right that's the mind shift I try to be really clear about that up front mm -hmm. yeah yeah exactly um, so those are the two things that I see you know a lot of newbie managers uh, screwing up. Um, and so, you know, rolling this sidebar back all the way to the expectations, that was the first thing that I wanted to share. The other one is actually kind of a fun story. Um, so before I move there, anything to add on expectations or new managers or things like that? Because I, I, I think you wanted to jump in at one point and I kept, and I was on a roll. And I, and and I, I forget you. what it was already. I didn't okay. write it down. It's funny. Okay. All right. Um, so the other thing, kind of fun, also kind of a fun learning, uh, learning moment for me. Um, so it was a, uh, it was a room of managers. Okay. Everybody had at least a couple direct reports. Everybody was at least a few years into their, to their careers all the way up to, you know, this is probably, you know, up to folks who, you know, will probably, you know, ride this wave with this company and then retire on it. And there's, there's, I have spoke to several people who are angling for, for that. This is going to be their, their financial exit. In, into uh, into retirement. So big swath of people, every, anywhere from five years to 25 years, a lot of experience in the room. And we end up doing, uh, we end up having some conversations that get into some, some sensitive topics. And uh, it's it really productive, fruitful conversation. I'm of course- I need an adult. <laughs> and so I, I'm sidestepping all the sensitivity stuff, but like, Rest assured, it was some, you know, it was, it was some heavier stuff that was worthwhile for the group. And, um, we were doing some reflection on that part of the conversation. And when my turn came up to, to offer feedback, uh, I led, I led out the gate with, you know, just a reminder, you know, we set these ground rules and we had these ground rules on a piece of paper, you know, uh, you know, just a reminder, we've got this ground rule about what's said here stays here. And I think that's really important given what we just talked about. And I just made that point and I just kind of moved on. And I thought about it probably the next night that it dawned on me. I was like, wait a minute. The head of HR is in there. The head of legal is in there. Like, I felt like such an idiot for saying this to this room of people who probably heard me say that and go, yeah, duh, Frank. I've been doing that for the last 15 damn years. Like, what the <laughs> hell are you talking about? And in the, at the moment, it was it was good intentioned because I'm so you I, I did not the, the the point is I did not manage up appropriately. Uh, I was managing down in a way that I didn't actually need to. This is a there's there, there's a zero this is a zero impact lesson learned, but it was a fun story because you know you know I didn't realize it until I was like these probably people probably thought I was just the stupidest freaking moron on the planet <laughs> saying this to a room of, of yes yes they just hold on got to got to give myself one of those it was just it was just really dumb because 
nobody in that room needed to hear that because it was already mm-hmm. known. They wouldn't have been in that position if that wasn't already expressed. And so uh, I yeah, took, I made that mistake before. Right. So I did I made a that practice before. Now I did and not only not only is it like, well, that was dumb and now I seem dumb, but it's also I wasted valuable time and attention. Yeah, it's I mean, it was possibly fortunately, like it wasn't we didn't spend a lot of time on it, so it wasn't too big of a deal. But what I did was I was flexing a very routine muscle that I use managing down on my team because always being clear, trying to be clear just with the expectations, just yeah. a reflex. Okay, you know. Cause you know, the sorts of, you know, where the, you know, where the landmines live when you do it long enough and it just becomes a habit of calling yeah. out things where that are, that are of higher risk. And so you just do that. And what I failed to keep in mind is I was dealing with a, a, a room full of uh, peers in the sense of they do that same thing all the time themselves as well. And so I didn't need to do that. And so, you know, having having the appropriate mindset of um, expectations for what the rest of the room is, you know, how they're geared and you know what they're capable of, that's a that's harder to do. And and it and it takes I mean, I screwed it up, which you know, it's 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 easy to do. Keeping keeping a, a a perspective on who your audience is and and you know the the stuff that is necessary to discuss versus the things that are I struggle uh, with this. Foreg- it's, to, it's it's a it's a hard like line. you. I struggle with that to today because my mind. I don't know how it operates, but I'll I'll get hung up on this stuff. Laying the foundation, making sure everybody's qu- where. To your point, the audience they're already there. Well, mm-hmm. then as soon as I realize that, I say, okay, well, if we're already there, the logical consequence is this, and so that means this, and so let's focus on that. And I go right mm-hmm. to that, and I skip all the intermediate steps, mm-hmm. and then I lose people along the way because, okay, if A leads to B and B leads to C and C leads to D, then if you've got A, let's talk about E. Mm-hmm. And I, I make this mistake all the time. I lose so many people in the in the process because to me it's obvious, right? You're just knocking down dominoes. So let's right. talk. Let's if I've if I've got the foundation solved for, let's talk high level here and let's focus on on what you know where we want to go with this thing. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's a <laughs> it is tough. You know, know know your know your enemy. I mean, audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and it's it you you almost you know in 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 my case I could have sidestepped it. It wouldn't. It wasn't. There was no. There was no. Uh, follow on conversation to that. It was just sort of a one and done. Um, but for you, where you've made a couple of mental leaps to get to the point that actually matters to the audience, but you say you lose people along the way. I think the trick is to just quickly run through, okay, we all know this. So we all know this. So we all know this, right? Does anybody have any yeah, questions I get, about that chain? Now, see, that's, that's where I get stuck though, because I'm, I'm an impatient SOB and I don't have... Uh, I have very little empathy for stupid questions that hang us up along the way. I get really annoyed when, okay, A leads to B and B leads to C. So while I'm trying to make sure everybody met stage A, like are we all on board platform A, somebody asks a question about B. And it it super makes me want to just say, shut your mouths, 
There will be questions at the end. I promise you I will answer most of your FAQs along the way. Mm. And so it's like either I fast forward, I get to the punchline, and I lose people along the way, or I waste time going step by step and answering a bunch of stuff out of order that confuses everybody else. I Like it's just honing in on the right the right narrative structure, mm. the right amount of bandwidth to spend at each stage, the right way to position things and tell the story. It's tough. I still like, I still mess it up all the time. Well, I think, I think the, um, so, you know, f- dialing in further on your problem here, um, the way that, um, the way that I have heard, uh, others describe handling this problem, tell people what you're going to say, say it, Tell people what oh, you said. It's exhausting. I just don't have the but patience. You got, well, I'm, I'm getting impatient with age, man. I well, just like I mean, you, uh, no. You I'll can't. just tell it to you. I'm not going to tell it to you three times. It's boring. I'm just going to tell you, and I don't know. Yeah, but this. The, I just this is. But this is this is where I still suck, right? This is where I currently uh, yeah, am in my state is, of suck. Yeah. This either is definitely state either of suck. I get either I get impatient with people that don't see how obviously one thing leads to another, or I get annoyed at people who are asking questions that I'm about to answer because I'm taking too long to try to get everybody catch up. Like I just, because I personally, I'm I, like, I just, I go black and white and, and it's really, it's a gray situation. My brain switches from black to white. And then the right answer is in the middle. And I just, I have trouble focusing on the middle and not mm-hmm. going to one extreme. And then when you do that, you lose people who are on the other side and, um, that's just, you know, it just takes dialing in and I'm, I'm still learning how to do that effectively. Well, I, yeah, I still the, lose people. The tell people what you're going to say, say it, tell them what you said. That came from, um, that came from my old, uh, chief of staff, the guy from, uh, special forces leadership. And oh, that's saying been around forever. It's no, I, no, 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 but he, no, no, no. I'm not saying he quoted it. That's not my point. My point is here is a guy who has been doing this a long time. He's been, you know, he, he is, he was yeah. much further down the professional track than either of us. And he was still touting that as his go-to that late in his career. And so, mm-hmm. so I'm not buying your, 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 your crummy old man, uh, argument on this one. I think that this is, this is just how this problem gets solved. Uh, the other thing. Yeah. That- and it's, and I hate it. And that's <laughs> like, that's where the problem comes in. I just, I, I don't like it. solving it's so problems. mundane. <laughs> No, it's so mundane. Why do I? I was just talking to somebody this very morning who was complaining that they've got to they've got to repeat things. As a look, mm-hmm. management. I forget where I heard this years ago, but stuff with me. Things. You are you are the CRO. You are the chief repeating, repeating officer, officer for your team, <laughs> and it's it's annoying because I already said this once. Why do I have to repeat it twice? You know, and then that function can recurse to like repeating it n times and people still not getting the memo. And then the other side of that coin is that you exhaust and annoy the people that did actually get the message the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it turns up to 11 when you realize that sometimes you need to repeat things up to your boss because they have the same built-in human flaws everybody else. Yep. And Managing I was like, dude, up. that's one Managing of the toughest, up. one of the toughest daily things about management is knowing and remembering and actually doing repetition where, mm-hmm. you know, appropriately, effectively repeating yourself. It's that can, 
It's like a full-time job, it feels like. It, well, it, it, it is. I, I would actually go so far as to say that is the, you know, that's one of the key responsibilities. Because if you think about yourself as an individual contributor, imagine yourself, we've all done this. Hey, Chris, I need you to do this thing. Can you get that done? Sure, Frank, I'll get that done, you know, this week. Okay, I give you the week. I check in with you on Monday. Hey, Chris, did you get that thing done I asked for you? This, oh, damn, sorry, Frank, I forgot. Or, you know, some other fire came up. Right. I will definitely, the the repetition there, that, that that's, that is is a core function. Yeah. And, you, yeah. and, and nobody is reminding in, in this, in this hypothetical, no one is reminding Frank, the manager, that he needs to remind you. It's all on you yeah. to do it. And that's yep. the, I mean, that is the quintessential function. And it's the so, crux of it. So, I mean, documenting and keeping track of all the balls that you have in the air becomes an absolutely yeah, becomes essential huge. skill. It's huge. huge. You must keep track of all the things. It doesn't matter how you do it. You pick whatever set of damn tools. There are a gajillion of them out there. Find something that works and do it. For me, it's a combination of my calendar and I use Microsoft to do, which is they purchased was a uh, crap to da list or to doist. I forget. They purchased one of the one of these. One of these, um, you know, mm-hmm. startup app things. It's a nice little tool. It's a really nice little tool. You have a list. You have an item. It's like a sentence long. You hit a checkbox when you're done. It disappears. It's it's. Yeah. Real, real easy. Um, so I use those to keep track of all the things that I've got to check in and remind about. I've got it open all day and I'm and I'm adding and removing things regularly from it. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the repetition is just is, is absolutely essential for sure. Oh, I think we went off on a sidebar there. Where the hell were we? Duh. I forget. Duh. Wh- I forget where we were. <laughs> Did you think we weren't going to sidebar? <laughs> um. Well, I mean, we can go all the way back to my, just my silly story, uh, you know, and, and failing to, to manage the room appropriately. Um, it's just hard to find that it's hard to find. Oh, right. You being a stodgy old man and not wanting to do it and being, you know, lazy and repeating the message. And, and so, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's what you were talking yeah. about. Um, yeah. it's, hard. And, it's hard. It is, it is. And you, but you, you, I feel like you, you have to, and in order to keep people, you know, connecting people A to B to C to D, you know, sometimes you have to do that. The other thing that I like to do in those kinds of situations, I always try and end with, do you have any questions? You know, what, what did yeah. I cover? What did I miss? Uh, you yeah. know, I try and again, wide open door, the door is off the hinges. You know, what is, what is that thing floating around in your head that you haven't said because you're not totally sure you're not going to sound like an idiot for saying it? I want you to say that thing. And mm-hmm. you, you that this is something I And have the been joke afraid. of it is, the joke of it is you ask that question, you have so much trepidation, yep. so much mental anguish leading up to asking yep. the question. You ask it, you get an answer 30 seconds later, nobody remembers that was a part of the discussion. Or or <laughs> yes, that happens. Or wow, Chris that's a really great question. We didn't think about that. I don't That's know either. Really, yeah. I don't know either. Yeah. That's really important. I'm so glad you brought that up here. Yeah. Why don't you go? That do happens this thing? much less often. The, <laughs> less the, often. the majority case is you get an answer and everybody moves on and nobody even thinks once about it, frankly, let alone yeah. twice. Yeah. Uh, and then you're right. Some small percentage of the time you catch something that nobody else did. And then now you, okay. 
So now you're a manager because what you have done is added value to the conversation. You see? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's how you get, that's yeah. how you get points. Uh, no, yeah, but your point, a- your point is well made though. Your point is well made. You, you're likely not the only one with a question. Well, you're definitely. And if you have the question, given what you know and and the way that you've been promoted into the position you're in, and the value that you bring to the organization, it's really unlikely you've got stupid questions. You know what I mean? Right. And so don't don't sweat it. Yeah, and chances are, if you're thinking of the question, I think you said this. If you're thinking of the question, chances are others have that exact same question in mind. And that has, yeah. I, I have had, done that a number of times where I have, okay, I'm not sure about this. This may make me look stupid, but I'm going to ask the question anyway. And then somebody will come up to you afterwards. Hey, I'm so glad you asked that because I didn't know what that was either. You, that that happens. That happens a lot. Well, and also, I I intentionally, I will intentionally ask, you know, quote stupid unquote questions in front of my directs and skips, like in front of my mm-hmm. team, I will right. ask questions. I know the answer or I don't care about the answer. I just pick a question and ask because I want to normalize asking questions. Right. That shouldn't That's be a, good a weird thing that happens. You know right. what I mean? Yep. Uh, one of the things that I have been focused on for the last couple of years is um, trying to position myself and trying to be empathic about, about how I am perceived by others and position myself and and the conversation and encouraging them to ask those questions. Like I, I want mm-hmm. to have an, an ecosystem where if they have a question, they just throw it out there. And so I'm I'm constantly self-evaluating, okay, am I am I helping or hurting that goal? And is is that is that getting is it getting easier or harder based on what I'm doing right, right now for people to ask questions? And so um, yeah. sometimes you find yourself slipping away and you, you, you know, bring it, uh, bring it back. Um, but I would say, so you, you have a meeting, let's say you scheduled an hour and it's the 40 minute mark and you've said your piece and you know, nobody's piping up with additional conversation. I do want to caution. This is a bit off topic. Uh, ask, does anybody have any questions about blank? Don't ask, is there anything else? Right. Don't open, don't fall into the fallacy that just because we have an hour and we only spent 40 minutes, we have a specific group of people in this meeting that are responsible for things other than blank. Maybe we open the door to talk about things other than blank. No, that is bad meeting hygiene. You ask about the thing the meeting is for. If nobody has anything else on this meeting, you break, you hit the red end button on Zoom, you close the door, you stand up and walk away if it's physical. You don't let every meeting grow to take the hour or the half hour, whatever the schedule was, just because you're done. And you said, well, is there anything else? And somebody says, oh, remember yesterday we were talking about this other topic. Let's talk about that for 20 minutes. Don't fall into that habit. Ask mm-hmm. a specific question. Are there, you know, you're talking about the year-end finance report. Does anybody else have any questions about the year-end finance report grounded in that? And everybody will thank you. Well, <laughs> yeah. subjected to this meeting already. Well, I, I don't necessarily. Okay, that's just so general. That's, 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 uh, that's orthogonal to your, your yeah, points. Yeah, yeah. That's just meeting hygiene. Yeah. That's just well, how to run a good meeting. Yeah. I would, I would do something a little different there. Um, I would absolutely keep things on topic. Um if the topic is covered and it's done and there is some ancillary question about something related or unrelated, then if we, if the people who need to be in that room are there for that conversation and it's already flowing, I would say something to the effect of, okay, we could talk about that. We're closing the door on this other thing. 
for those of you who you know don't have to deal with this, this other, other thing topic, isn't relevant for get out of you here. leave yeah you can yeah. you can head out and we're just we call that's, that par- that's, we call that a parking lot we call that parking parking lot you know yeah, that, parking lot with you on this other thing after the meeting that's that's okay i still i still like that less than saying great 20 minutes back i'll see you later because in, I mean, if it's a thing I, I got to deal with, it's a thing I got to Likelihood, deal with. if that if that other topic was so pressing that you needed to eat twenty minutes out of an unrelated meeting for it, you'd already had scheduled something to discuss it, or you'd mm. already be on the phone, or you'd have to cancel the meeting that you were in so that you could pay attention to that thing. You know, it's a it's an eva- I just I don't know. As as Outlook becomes fully booked and then double booked and then triple booked every hour of every day, you start to. <laughs> You start to look, you see patterns in, mm. in why things get that way. And, mm-hmm. and that's one of, that's my opinion. Not everybody agrees. That's cool. I try um, and avoid free country. You're free to be wrong, but that's my, that's my personal I try and avoid getting double booked. I think that that's a bad sign of a whole bunch of different things. And so I just try and avoid uh, that entirely. So my, like, I don't my strategy, I don't let it happen. My strategy to that, because I can, I, I, I just, I just tentative everything. <laughs> Everything is tentative because I don't, because what will likely have, let's say I get a, let's say I get a meeting request and this is, you know, organization, organization, but, uh, let's say I get a meeting request for Wednesday at two o'clock and it's the, the week prior, right? So next Wednesday at two, I have a meeting alternative mm-hmm. because what's going to happen is by the end of the week, I'll have another meeting for Wednesday at two o'clock. And then what's going to happen Wednesday at one a last minute meeting for two o'clock will pop up regardless of what I say. I'm going to be making a spot decision at two o'clock as to Hmm. where I'm actually (laughs) going to prioritize my time. And so unless I'm actually certain that this is the priority for that time slot and I will be there, then I'll accept. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's tentative. And you know what happens? You know what happens, Frank? What happens? Nobody gives a rip. (laughs) Nobody gives a rip because it turns out. People over invite people to meetings. They invite people that really aren't required. And then they proceed to have the meeting without the core group of people that are actually required. So you spend all this time with a bunch of people that don't matter. And you wind up in a place where you're not able to make a decision because you don't have key stakeholder quorum. So I say I'm tentative (laughs) and nobody has ever complained to me. Yeah, At worst, you get, you know, the little Skype at five after, hey, are you coming to this? Oh, uh, you know, yeah, I can make it or whatever. That, that's, uh, I, that has I, been a huge quality of life improvement. Now that's, I, you know, I, that I, I, may just be a quirk of, of my particular job and my particular That's exactly what I was going to say. This sounds company, like a cultural you know? thing. Yeah, this definitely sounds like yeah, a cultural it, it thing. Could, you know. Because I, I, mean, I, I do have, like, I am, I am stretched into, like, a lot of different things. And so, you know, it's not, you know. Yeah, but that's, even, that's just how I've learned to cope. Well, I mean, it's and it's it's good that you have. I would say that the you know the the knee jerk reaction of people in the company to over invite that's a cultural thing. Um, my team has the exact opposite inclination. They want meetings to be tight, and they only invite the people as small yeah. as possible. Yeah. And well, that's we're, a that's an we're willing to offend an executive. We're willing for an executive to be offended right. that they weren't there and say, okay, we'll include you on the next one, no problem. You know, yeah. We're willing to do that. No, it's it's to keep the road to hell narrow. is paved with good intentions, right? For visibility, are oh, the, like the, you never the, do the, the invisib- two worst no. words yes. in the English language. Never, no, no, no. Don't do that. If you're required, like I practice this way. If you are required for this meeting, I will put you on it. Mm-hmm. That's there's mm-hmm. no for visibility no, garbage no for visibility. going on with me. Mm-hmm. No need for any of that nonsense. For sure, you are needed or you're not. Yeah. And 
Any uh, four visibility will happen by you to your superior after after the fact in the form of a note. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, I leave that. That is left as a as a what it, it's how do the math textbooks always put it? That's left as a as an exercise to the reader. You know, <laughs> <laughs> left it as an exercise to the attendee. Yeah, I no, I I totally uh, I totally agree. Keep it light. Keep it light. The show. The show. Uh, it's me. That's right. So, uh, if you are, uh, if you like what you're hearing, you can check more of it out. Refactor.work. Uh, if you want, if you have any follow-up questions, we covered a lot of stuff that actually, these feel like icebergy type conversation type topics today. Um, so if you want to hear more about, uh, if you have questions about anything we got, feel free to shoot us a note. You can send it to feedback at refactor.work. If you send us a recording, we'll play it on the air. Love to hear from you. Uh, if you want more from Chris, you can check him out at chris.tonkinson.com. You can check out my stuff at hotcoals, K-O-E-H-L-S, dot com. And this has been episode 49 of the Refactor podcast on December 7th, 2021. Good conversation, Chris. Thanks a lot, pal. Thanks, Frank.